Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Working hard, getting your kids here. I'm not going to say who it is, but it was so funny this morning. As we saw one of the little ones running in, she was running in and her coat was flipped all the way around. She had it on. She was trying, but the hood was hanging down on her backside. She's running, had the beanie on. Everything was going good. And then her shoes are backwards, which my daughters do that all the time. So they're confusing the the trackers going two different directions. She ran in, was all happy and leaving mom behind, running to church. You know, that's what we want. Um, I know this morning I talked about giving. It is, if it's your first time here, please. You say, man, I don't know this pastor. This is my first time here. Uh, he, he's, talk, he's talking about giving, asking me to give. That does not apply to you if you're visiting the first time here. If you're a member of this church and you faithfully serve in this church and you call yourself a member of Harvest Time Church, oh, yeah, I was talking to you. So, so just know the difference. And I don't ever want you to feel guilted in anything, but we want people to be led by the Spirit of God in all things. Okay? We want you to be led by the Spirit. If you're a visitor, amen, you got that? Hear my heart? A lot of our members can attest to that. I hardly ever talk about giving like that, right? Um, so, so this morning, we're going to jump right in. We are on our second week of Vision 2021. So at the beginning of every year, we really like to just kind of unpack what we think and what we feel and what we sense the Spirit of the Lord saying to us. Uh, I believe that as children of God, we can be led by the Spirit of God. We don't have to walk blindly and ignorantly, but we can really hear from God. We can, be, we can receive from God, and we can walk amongst the storms of life and still be successful. You know, so in, in praying, I, I, we really believe that there are, there are three focus points that God has really given us that we're going to unpack throughout the year. These three weeks, last week, this week, and next week, are just going to kind of be small nuggets of some of the things that we believe are in the heart of God for the life of the church. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to jump into it. So I said last week, you know, I encouraged each of you to welcome 2021 this year and remember that this is the year that God is not done. Okay, there's still work that he's doing. There's still things he's working out in our lives. You know, he, he's wanting to change us. He's wanting his, his presence to invade the earth. He's wanting lost souls to come to the knowledge of him. All of these things are important to him. But in order for these things to be accomplished, guess what? We have to co-labor with Christ here on the earth. We have to be a part of the big picture of what God is wanting to do. So last week, if you missed, I strongly encourage you to check out our... Um, our, our podcast, so podcasts are something that we went to a long time ago. We used to do cassette tapes way, way, way long time ago. And then we did, we did cassette tape, or we did CDs, and thank God we got away from that. I mean, maybe some of you say, I still would really, really love to have CDs. But, but you, have, you can access your, our podcast if you have an Apple uh, product. You can just go to the podcast file, search Harvest Time. You can look it up. If you have an Android phone, how many Android users? handful of you, okay? The, they were like, oh, come on. Like, so it's a war right between Apple and Android and, you know, your whole whatever. So if you're going to listen to it on an Android phone, phone, download Podbean, which is, a, is, a, is an app. Search Harvest Time Church. Look for our logo. Subscribe to it, and it'll give you all of the updated sermons. Um, I know this last week, we kind of had some issues with the time sync and the, and the video and the audio was all kinds of over. I watched it. I was like, man, that would drive me nuts. I would just have to turn the video off and just listen to it. 
The podcast is just the audio, and it's just the message. It's not the worship. It's not the whole thing. So if you just want to catch up on the message, you don't have a lot of time, put it, hook it up to your car, your headphones, whatever it is, and you can check it out. Or let's say maybe you want to go back and listen to a message. Same thing. You can roll back as far as you want. You can go back to last year and listen to all of our stuff that you missed, okay? So I just want to talk to you about that real quick. So um, if you were here last week or you listened to the message, there were three focus points that we're working through this year. Do you guys remember what those are? If you don't get it, you got cheat notes everywhere, okay? So, so what did we talk about last week? What do you think we're going to talk about today? Man, I guess I gave you the answers to the test, huh? Like, man, that's the kind of test I would like. So this, this year we're going to look at three things, people, purpose, and presence. So, so understanding that, you know, when we talk about that people side, I'm going to give you just a quick snapshot. I would encourage you, just go back and listen to the podcast. It's going to do it way more justice than this little sermonette that I'm going to tell you. But it's focusing on you as a person. Last year we focused tons of resources, money, time, energy in, in, the, in the programs and in, in, uh, in the projects. This year we are focusing on you as a person causing you to grow, causing you to be all that God has called you to be. And we believe that, you know, as we do that, you'll, you'll understand who you are as a son and daughter of God, okay? Today, we're going to look at purpose. That purpose answers why you were created. Well, let me tell you, this is one of the things that if we wrap our mind around and we understand will radically change our life, right? I know a lot of times when we're growing up, you know, you dream of big dreams, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a professional football player, whatever it may be, right? When we're young, it seems like we shoot for the stars. And then sometimes we get older and we allow those dreams to just kind of dissolve and go away. And we just settle for working a job we hate, doing something we never really wanted to do, but we have to do. And I think sometimes that we lose our purpose, right? We lose that excitement. We lose that ability to, to dream big and to accomplish those things that God puts in our heart. Because, I mean, I remember that even when I was young. Oh, man, I'm going to be a football player. Or I'm going to do this and that. And, man, huh, the NFL can't wait to get me, right? That's the mentality, I think, is when we're, when we're a child. And then when we get older, it, it just begins to change. You know, but I think if you understand why you were created... It will cause you to be all that God has called you to be, okay? Next week, we're going to look at presence. So that talks about, you know, how do we invite the presence of God into every moment, into our personal lives, into our family, and into our community. As we walk around town, as we go to restaurants, everywhere we go, how do, how do we actively, continually be the carriers of the presence of God and share that presence with everyone around us? Amen? We'll look at that next week. So Proverbs 29, 18 in the New American Standard, it says, where there is no vision or revelation, the people are unrestrained or perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. So it's important to know where God is going, what he is doing so that we can follow as he leads. You know, I, I think a parent, you know, when you're leading your child, you know, you don't get so far ahead that you lose the child, right? Well, hopefully you don't, right? As a good parent, what we, you know, we should every now and then look back. And what do we do? We say, hey, come on, hey. You know, man, sometimes we got to go back. We got to take their hand and say, hey, come on, follow me. You know, I believe that God leads us in that way sometimes also. He, he, he beckons us. He calls us. He encourages us to follow him. But he also shows us, you know, um, he, he gives us guidance. He gives us direction. Sometimes he gives us commands, not, not just scripturally commands, but sometimes he'll tell you no to something. 
I don't know if you've ever prayed about a job or prayed about buying a house or maybe buying a car, maybe who to date, anything. Ask God, God, is this your will? And God says no, and you say, never mind, God, I wasn't asking you anyway. But God will speak to us if we really listen and we ask him, you know, that he will guide us. He will lead us every step of the way because it says without vision or revelation, we're going to perish. We have to see what's going on. We have to know what's going on. We have to know the purpose for our life. We have to know why we were created. But if we were created for one purpose and we settle for a different purpose, guess what? We will never be all that God has called us to be. We'll either be settling or serving in the wrong area. Now, I don't know how many of you have served in the local church or have gotten plugged into certain ministries. Uh, I think sometimes you get in ministries that you love and you're built for it. And then there's other times you get involved in ministries and maybe you're serving area. You're like, hey, I will serve anywhere, but I'm not built for this. Not saying you don't like it, but I'm, I'm talking about by design. There's some things that God has gifted you to do. And there's just some things that he just has not. Right. And I, I think as a pastor, my heart, I'm willing to serve anywhere for the Lord. I'll do whatever he asked me to do. You know, that has always been my goal. It wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to become a pastor of a church. You know, that was never on my radar. I thought I was going to be a worship guy because I felt like there was gifting. There was some anointing to do that. You know, then I did uh, youth ministry for a little while. I've helped Becky with children's ministry. And I figured out, Lord, I'll serve wherever you, wherever you want me to. But then I figured out, you know, that God had gifted me in a whole nother capacity that I didn't realize not because of all my abilities, not because of all of my gifting, but I think what has catapulted me into the position I'm in is a willingness, first and foremost, to figure out what God has purposed me for, but then not just my purpose, but being obedient as He leads and He follows, as He gives me vision, guess what? I'm going to follow Daddy God every season of my life. That's why I'm here today. It wasn't just like, oh, well, what did you do? Did you go to the best Bible school or did you go, you know, did you go do? No. I was unqualified, but I learned how to follow the master. I learned how to hear his voice. I, I allowed God to show me in seasons of my life when I was pursuing things that weren't maybe in his heart or then other times where he would show me specifically, this is what I've called you to. This is what I want you to do next. In the transitions of my life, transitioning from either a church or from an area of ministry from one to the other, really just sensing the word of the Lord to say, hey, this season's done, this new season's beginning. Every time a season transition changed, it broke my heart because everywhere I served, I left a part of myself into that ministry. You know, I think if you're doing ministry right, it's going to hurt. It's going to be sad. But if it's part of God's plan, guess what? It's still our, to the best, of, you know, it's, it's a good idea to still transition. Okay. All right. So it's important to know where God is going, what he's doing so we can follow him without purpose or vision. It is impossible to be all that God has called you to be. Okay. So God really desires us to have purpose personally and practically, because I believe that there is a personal purpose and there is a practical purpose. You know who I am to God, how God sees me, what I'm created for, but also what am I created to do? You know, because we see all through the, word, through the Word that, you know, by your actions you will be known. Not by just my passivity or doing nothing for God, but the actions, the things that I do, the things that I participate in are going to clarify who I am and why I was created. Okay? So personally, we, have to, we were created for relationship with God. Secondly, you were commissioned with the responsibility from God to be God's hands and feet, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Do you realize that? 
Do you realize that? The hands and feet of Christ everywhere you go, that we, that we would do those things that, that, that are in Christ, that are in God's heart. Okay? So before we jump too far into this message, let's look at what God said when He first commissioned mankind with His purpose and His plan for humanity. We're going to go to Genesis 1. We're going to look at verses 26 through 30 in the NIV. All right? Starting in verse 26 of Genesis 1, it says, Then God said... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Verse 30, and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. It was so... Because God said so. I think a lot of times we either want to figure out the science behind it, we want to try to get an explanation. Some things just happen because God said it. Now, if we see the world we live in or where we're at, we are in constant conflict with this original establishment of how God wanted to establish the earth. Right? But this was before sin entered the the world. This This was God's original blueprint of what He wanted for humanity what He wanted for mankind. So when God created mankind, He made them in His image, okay? He, he gave them, them authority to rule and subdue. Subdue actually means to overcome, to conquer, to bring under control of, so to subdue the earth. He blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. So God created mankind to reflect His image and to execute His authority on the earth. Do you think God's plan for that has changed? Most of us say, well, Pastor Noah, it's just different times. Well, Adam and Eve did mess it up, right? They made made it a little more difficult. But we go back to the original blueprint of what God's original design was. First and foremost, he made us in his image, that everything we should do should be reflecting his image, right? It it should have the nature of God. You You know, our shirt tags, what does it say, made in? Mexico, made in Honduras, wherever the heck they, they make these shirts all over the place, right? But when, when we look at that blueprint and we look on the back of what we were created, it should be made by God. With that seal, with that blueprint, with that, that model, that we would reflect his image. Okay? When we don't reflect his image and don't execute his authority on the earth, we don't accomplish his purpose and his plan for our lives. Do you realize that? His image, His purpose, His plan, His authority. So, so in, in the Garden of Eden, we see that all of this gets messed up, right? You know, but prior to Adam and Eve sinning, we know that this is how God's perfect plan that would allow fellowship with God, perfection of mankind, reflecting the image of God, and fulfilling the purpose for which mankind was, was built and made to live in harmony with God on the earth. Then sin happened and knocked all these natural orders 
out of whack, and, and, and it really caused a, a, a tailspin where everything changed. What was together was now broken. What was now reflecting a perfect image of God now had a fracture in it because of sin. Right? We, we see all of this happening to where all of a sudden, wh why am I created? I thought I was created for this, and, the, and then we mess it all up. And, and does that change the fact of why we were created? You know, I think, you know, God at that moment, when, when he knew sin would enter the earth, he, ha he had a plan of redemption. You know, he didn't say, I'm just going to leave man in their fallen state, separated from me. But his ultimate plan was to restore that relationship, was to keep, keep that image intact, to uh, continue to allow us to, to rule and reign by his authority in the earth. Now, some of you are operating under the authority that the enemy has told you you have. Do you hear that? I'm not going to say it again. You can go listen to the podcast. You want to hear it again? <laughs> but some of us believe the lie. What did, what did the enemy say? He says, if you want to be like God, take this. So, so he, was, he was reducing the image. They didn't realize that they had already reflected his image. He was trying to compromise the image of God and make it something else. Fractured, not looking anything like God. Okay? You know, it knocked everything out. So we have to understand the enemy of this world does not want you fulfilling God's design purpose for you on the earth or for you to bring honor to God by reflecting his image. So he's going to do everything he can to distort that image, to destroy that image. He's going to make you think that you do not reflect the image of God. And when we sin because of that sinful nature, he's going to call you by that sin rather than by your image. You ever got attacked by that one? Every single one of us, right? When we mess up, right? You know, the, the devil's slick. He, he'll entice you. He'll, he'll trick you. He'll, he'll deceive you. And the moment you take the bait, he'll turn on you. It's like he's your best friend until he gets you to take the bait. And then he, you know, he, he entices you with the sin. And then once you take the sin, you know what he does with that sin? He beats you with it. And he strives you, he tries to make you become that sin and to see yourself as that sin rather than seeing yourself in the image of God. You know, if we look at this a little bit more, you know, the devil said, hey, if you, if you want to be like God, you know, go, go against, you know, encourage them to go against what God had told them. Really what he was saying, you know what he was telling them? He says, you don't need God, you can be your own God. And you know, that's where a lot of the world is. They want to be God of themselves. They, 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 they want to create an image of self-gratification, of self-glory. They, they, want, they want the image to be re reduced to that of mankind rather than reflecting the image of God. Anytime we compromise, or we may, even if we make a copy of the original, do you know, you know it's never the same? You've heard of, the, of, of like picture frames that are fake, like, I know you got the Mona Lisa, which is, if it's the original one, man, it's great. If it's a fake, it looks similar, but what is the value on it? If it's a good enough fake, maybe it has some value on it, but it is never as valuable as the original. It may even look a little bit like it, you get a bad one, the nose might be messed up. You're like, yeah, that's a fake one. 
They didn't even do a good job making a fake one, right? But you see, the, you see an image that, that tries to kind of be like the original, but it's distorted. God all, you got to understand that the devil always uses a partial truth in his attacks. He said, when you take this fruit, your eyes will be opened. You'll know good from evil. You know what happened when they took that fruit? Guess what? They knew good from evil. Their eyes were open. It says their eyes were open and they saw that they were naked and they hid from God. You know, God shows up. They're hiding in the trees. What are you doing? We're naked. Who told you you were naked? Well, oh, you know, they start squirreling. And then what did he say? Did you eat from the tree I commanded you not to? You know, it's really, really interesting when you look at, you know, you think about in the Garden of Eden, it talks about that there was all kinds of trees, you know, that there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But did you know there was also a tree in the Garden of Eternal Life? Now, the devil didn't want him knowing anything about that. So I believe that God gives us everything we need. You think about in that garden, they, they, were, they, were, they didn't have to work for food. They didn't have to search for food. Man, it was the good life. It says everything is yours. Every tree, every seed bearing, everything that I have has been given to you. But yet there's one tree. And that's what the devil wanted to highlight. The one thing that God said no to. Just so happens, the devil shows up. And he wants to fracture the image of God by causing us to play with sin, to hold the sin, and then at some point maybe even take that sin and become that sin. And that causes separation from God. Causes us to blur that image. You know, I, th I think that that's what I think was the, mo the biggest shame of Adam and Eve. They had now seen their sinful human nature, which no longer resembled the image of God. It was broken. It was fractured. But it says that He made man in His image to reflect His image so that we might operate and release His authority here on the earth. But if we don't reflect His image and we don't execute His authority on the earth, we will not accomplish our purpose and His plan for our lives. You know why the devil takes it so personal to really cause those who reflect God's image to sin? Because it reminds him of the one that kicked him out of heaven. <laughs> he said, oh yeah. When he sees you, he sees the Father. That's why he hates your guts. We walk in the marked image of our Creator. We look like God. We walk like God. We can operate in the authority of God. And the, and the enemy hates that. You know, so when he was cast out of heaven, you know, he personally tried to make it his personal vendetta to destroy you. What does it say that the nature of the devil is to kill, steal, and destroy? To destroy the image of God on us. To cause us to live a shortened life rather than a prosperous, long life. It says that he is the deceiver of the brethren. Right? So he, he personally tries to get you to deny God's image. So, so you realize right now, guys, there is an attack on identity. I'll just camp here just for a minute, okay? The identity crisis. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Noe Kano. Are you male or female? Last I checked, I was male. I got an option now. What's going on with this, right? This identity crisis of, well, what do you prefer? What do you mean? Is that an option? Didn't even know I could do that. Hey, it's allowed now. 
whatever you want. So let me tell you what happens. You know, you know, the enemy, he just doesn't confuse that, but he, you know, he wants to make everything acceptable and he he wants you to tolerate anything, but he's really setting you up just trying to deceive your thought process. He's trying to manipulate the original standard and give you a fake. And if you're not careful, you'll take the bait because you'll think it's real, but it's really fake. And you say, look what I got. And then when it's really tested by fire and the father looks at it, he says, that's a fake. That's never what I had in mind. So, so he, you know, an attack on our identity. So, so sexually, also masculinity, femininity, like all of those things are being attacked. If you're a man, do you know that, that the devil wants you to think that you're a measly man and you're not worth anything? Right? Or he's going to make you think he wants you to be more feminine than masculine. You know, he's just messing you up, you know, and, and, and if you're not careful, you will believe the lie of the enemy. But God has built men with a mark, with a seal to be strong, to be courageous, to lead families, to step up and not shrink back. You got to understand how we are built. I'm talking about deep inside. Some of you say, Pastor, no, that ain't me, but that's how you've been built and that's how you've been fashioned. There is a courageous spirit within you if you'll dig down deep. But the enemy has beaten us up so much we don't want to try anything because of fear of failure. We don't want to try anything because we've been beaten down by other people's words. We've listened to the voice of the enemy that, that you know, we're the tail, not the head. That our, that our wives are leading, and I can't do anything about that because she's just a strong-willed woman. Well, you married her. There, step up, brother. I don't know. God has positioned the, the home in a certain order to where the man is, is built to lead. Now, some of us cop out and say, well, my wife handles this and this and this, and you should be leading some of that. Right? Let me lean to the other side. I busted up the guys a little bit. <laughs> Becky always tells me, you've got to be careful on the other side. You can, talk about, you can talk about the guys all day. Start talking about the women, I get thrown off the stage. You know, I think about in the Garden of Eden, you know, it says, what did it say? It said, your labor will be hard and your desire will be able to, will, will to be, to have that position as the husband has, but you will be under him. You will be submitted to him. Me and Becky have been talking about this word submission. She hates it. And I just kind of shrug my shoulders. I'm, I'm sorry. Submission, submitted under, you know, the words of submission is really just to serve if you look at the, the Bible of, of what it really means to serve, it's rough, right? You know, but the other side, the man is required to lead. You know, the man has it pretty bad. Like, it's, it's hard for the man. It's hard for the woman. But I, I know sometimes we got some women in the house that, you know, say, my husband ain't going to do it. Well, then I'll do it. It's opposite of submission, Right? You got to understand what is what it, what is what is fighting within you. It is it is that desire to lead, but yet God has called you to submit and to undergird your husband and to, and to lift him up and to push him forward. Now this is a give and take, because I, I I know wives that say I step back, I let my husband lead, but he ain't leading. Well, if if you're given if you've been given room, husbands to lead, and you're not leading, you got to get your feet moving. Step into what God has called you to, because we got, we got to remember, why, Pastor No, why are you saying all this? I, didn't, I thought we were talking about, I thought we were talking about purpose. We have to understand that that image and that authority, we have to understand how God has positioned and built and fashioned us and formed us. You know, I read, I read in the Bible where we see these courageous men of God. 
that would do anything for the Lord. And we see, we see them go against the enemy and just slaughter the bad guys. Where's that, that adventurous, courageous spirit within you? You know, I think these, uh, th- these movies, Gladiator, The Patriot, how many of you guys know about those movies? What is in those movies that brings you to life? That adventurous, that, you know, if he tries, you know, he's going to win. That, 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 there's something inside that begins to be birthed, and you're like, man. You start getting excited. You almost like you're at a football game. You almost at certain parts want to jump up and be like, if I was in this movie, I'd be right there with him. But there's something in the DNA, in the fabric of our image that we were built like that. But what culture wants to do now, I'm not saying that every man is just like this, this rustic, wooly, long bearded, like living in the junk, like, you know, I don't, don't go to that extreme either. But I believe in the fabric of how God has built mankind was not to be a pushover, but was to be bold, was to be courageous and stand for the things of God. Stand for the things of God. Your wife's standing. Are you standing next to her? Well, that's kind of wild. Get off the couch and stand by your wife. What are you doing? Wives, don't stand up first. Look at your husband and say, you going to stand up? Well, put that right there, that elbow. Come on. We have to understand that the enemy doesn't want men being men. And he doesn't want women being women. Because if he can fracture the, the men model and the woman model, he can fracture all our children too. Because when there's confusion to what it's supposed to look like, guess what? They're going to model what they see. I think about that all the time. You said, man, Lord, you know, you know, I was talking about online giving. Let me tell you something real quick. Free nugget. I might have to start writing a check every now and then because I want, to see, I want my kids to see me take it to the offering bucket. I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I mean, I go like this, bloom, bloom, money's gone. They don't see that. They don't see dad walking to the offering bucket. If that's something I value, now I do it, but they don't see it. We need to do things that are tangible that they can see, that they can model. Well, I'm praying. I never heard you say anything, dad. Praying in my mind. No, pray out loud. Let them hear your prayers. I'm going to keep busting up the guys a little bit. I'm sorry. I know it's safe ground on that side. To the women's side. Ooh. Let your kids hear you loving your spouse. Not just by what you say, but by what you do. Get flowers on a random day, not just on a special day. Well, what's this for? Just to say, I love you. Appreciate you. You know, momming is the hardest job I've ever seen. You know how many a times when I used to work at STP, I'd go to work. I'd say, man, I'm glad I'm going to work. So if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you've been on vacation, you've been home for a long time, or maybe you've been off with this COVID, you know, you've been home a little bit more. <laughs> Man, hey, every man has said it. <laughs> I'm glad I get to go to work. Good luck, honey. And you walk and leave your wife. She has the hardest job to do sometimes. Don't know why I'm going this route this morning. But I believe that God is encouraging some of you men to be men. And maybe he's checking some of you women, saying, you know what? I need to allow my husband to lead. Give the opportunity. Don't kick him in the pants, but give him the opportunity to lead. Right? So we have to understand that 
there's a general purpose, you know, which is reflecting God's image, but there's also a specific purpose. What do I mean when I say a specific purpose? I'm talking about the gifts and callings of God, the things that you were built to do, the things that God had fashioned before you breathed your first breath and said, I'm going to build this guy to be a warrior doing this. I'm going to build this one to be a prayer warrior doing this. Whatever that mark or that seal, that gifting, that specific purpose. So not having purpose, do you realize not having purpose is like walking around blind and not knowing where you're going or what you're doing? Right? So it's like walking blindfolded in, in a place that you've never been. Right? So if, if, I were to, if I were to invite you over to my home and you've never been there, even if you've been there, it's still going to be challenging. If I invited you over and I blindfolded you said, hey, come on in, make yourself welcome, walk around wherever you want. Guess what? You're going to tear up my house running into stuff. And if it's just not stuff, my kids will help you out because there'll be stuff on the floor too that you don't know anything about. But with no vision, with no purpose, with no sight, we don't know where we're do- what we're doing, where we're going, or where we're at. Right? Even in your own home, I could probably put a blindfold on and you would feel like you were in a completely different space. I'd spin you around four times and say, good luck. Couldn't see where you're going. Right? We have to understand that, you know, not, not having our purpose is like walking around blind. I can't see what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm walking around like a, like a blind person. And I think spiritually and practically, some of us have done that. S- sadly, maybe some of us almost for a lifetime. We've never known the purpose of God in our life. So we just kind of, well, what you, what's God calling to? Ah, I, mean, I don't know. You just kind of grabbing, hoping, but you can't see. You know, if we can't see what we're created for, our purpose, it paralyzes many of us. And we don't even move. You know, and I think that's what happens. We can't see, so what do we do? We just stop. And we're isolated, and we don't do anything. We've, we've even keep, we quit searching because we're just like, I can't see. I'm just going to stop. It paralyzes us to fear. It paralyzes us, and we just don't do anything. You know, but I believe that today God is going to begin to remove the blindfold and show you what you were created for. He's going to begin to open your eyes. He, you know, he desires to speak to you and show you the value and the plan that he has for you. He wants you to know this morning that you carry his seal of his image. And one of the biggest, best things you can do to glorify God is reflect his image by God's design, not man's design, and release his authority in the earth. Now, there's different avenues. There's different ways that we do that. So when I use the word purpose, I want you to understand that I'm referring to the reason that you were created. It's about seeing yourself as God sees you and operating the gifts and the callings that he has equipped you with. I want you guys to say this after me. Say, I have been created for a purpose, and God has a plan for me. Say it one more time. I have been created for a purpose, and God has a plan for me. Me. Point right. Some of you are right here. You need to point yourself. For me. Not Pastor Noah. He's we saying, well, yeah, for you. You got to figure it out. No, for you. I believe this is going to be an enlightenment year for you. Some of you say, man, I, I don't know, Pastor Noe. I don't know what I'm built for. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, you know. This year, the blinders are coming off. That eyes would be open to your God-given purpose, what God has called you to. In Jesus' name. You know, um, Romans 8, 28, it says, And I know that in all things that God works for the good for those who love Him, who have been, cre- who have been 
called according to his purpose. So we got to know that God is an on-purpose kind of God that just doesn't throw something together that, that he creates, but with everything that he creates, he creates it with great detail and intentionality. God doesn't make whoopses. I said that a little bit last week, and I want to reiterate that. You weren't an accident. You're here in this season, in this moment, at this time. You know, Miss Sharon was saying, you know that you were two years old when we started this church? And I go back, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. But God knew when I was two that what they had started, he was building and conditioned me to at some point lead it. That is crazy. It's, it's, it's something to start something on your own, but it's something, it's something totally different to take something that somebody else has built. But thank God, when I was two years old, Pastor Jim and Sharon were doing what God had called them to do. Because Pastor Noe was getting ready. He didn't know it. <laughs> for such a time as this. For such a moment as this. That God's perfect will and perfect plan for harvest time but also for each of us, would come to pass. Everything that God fashions or makes, He makes with a purpose and a plan. Think about it, the sun and the moon, the trees and the grass, men and women, all of this. Man, He fashioned it so beautifully with a purpose. You know, Adam, was, like I said, was given that authority and that dominion, and, and, and Eve was formed to be a helpmate to Adam. God had a plan. Just as God had a plan with creating a purpose and a plan for them, you know, He has a plan for you and me with a, with a specific purpose and a specific plan. You know, even Jesus had a perfect purpose. It says, John 18, 37, it says, In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. It, it says that in John 18, even Jesus had a purpose. Now, some of us say, well... He came, he, yeah, he had a plan. God had a plan to, for him to die on the cross. But this, he says, I, for this reason I was born. Do you realize there is a specific reason you were born? Not to just live this life as a vapor and just kind of like, well, I'm going to live, I'm going to die, and it's going to be fun. No, it needs to be intentional. There needs to be a purpose. You know, Don't allow your days just to pass by without doing the things that God has called you to. I remember those moments in my life where, where God began to birth certain things. You, you know how I started out in worship? Let me tell you, man, this was before I could sing. I maybe could have played a little bit of guitar, but I wasn't real good at it. I remember sitting in the congregation listening to a worship team, and I told myself, man, you know what? It would be really cool to be able to lead worship one day. I remember saying, now that was subconscious. That wasn't even out loud. I didn't prophesy, proclaim it, but there was something deposited in me that I thought about. I said, you know what? It would be really cool to be a part of a worship team like that or be on a, you know, be, be in, be on a worship team. Two or three years later, past that time, I was leading worship. So God can work out the details, but we got to pay attention to those little things that He deposits in our spirit when He shows us what our purpose is. Some of you might know what it is, you just don't want to put the work in to accomplish it. If I wouldn't have put in the time, guess what? Nobody would have let me on that platform. Howling at the moon. No. We like good singers in the church, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah, there's some gifted and some are not, right? But you got to function in that gift. You know what God has called you to. Know your, know your lane. Know, your, know what God has created you for, okay? None of us were an accident, but God saw and fashioned and had a plan while we were in our mother's womb. 
He fashioned us with a purpose and a plan. Think about it just, just for a moment this way. Let me give you just one more il- illustration. You know, there, how many of you know, like, you know, tools? There's a lot of different tools out there, right? So let's think about a hammer. A hammer that doesn't have a nail is kind of pointless, right? If I have a hammer... Now, my kids will tell you a whole bunch of purposes for a hammer. <laughs> but a hammer is built to drive a nail. And that nail sits there with no purpose unless the hammer's there. Right? But when we have the nail and we have the hammer and the two fit together, we now see the purpose of the hammer and we see the purpose of a nail. Take it a step further. How about a screw and a screwdriver? Right? For a screw to serve its purpose, it has to have a screwdriver to be able to seed it into the wood, right? You ever try to put a screw in with a hammer? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, yeah, don't work. Ben's, you know, it ain't going to work. Some of you are like, oh, I'll get it in there. That screw ain't going to be worth a lick when you're done with it. So, so we, we see this, this knitting together of this specific plan and a purpose. I think some of us don't know our purpose yet because somebody else hasn't stepped into their purpose yet. But if I step into my purpose, I might be the piece that unlocks your purpose and you see your purpose and then I see my purpose. It's like, voila, how about this? But maybe you're not serving your purpose and you're limiting somebody else's purpose. He's like, I'm just this nail here. I don't even know what I'm doing. Then the hammer comes like, now I understand. Right? I think God works that way. He shows us those things. Right? He, he, he reveals those things. But it works, it works both ways. A hammer without a nail would be pointless. Just like a screw without a screwdriver would kind of seem pointless. I want to look at this passage from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. It's kind of lengthy, but I really think we need to read it all. It just talks about unity and diversity in the body. So this really kind of builds the fabric of when we talk about purpose in the church as an individual, when we know our purpose, we see the big picture, right? But each part has to play its role. Let's, let's jump into this. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. Starting in verse 12, it says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its part, many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized into one spirit, so that as, as to form one body, rather Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were all given the spirit, one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15. Now, if the foot, foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Or if the whole body were an ear, Where would the sense of smell be? Verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every single one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If you were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts in one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we also treat with special modesty, right? Verse 24 says, While the presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that have lacked it. Verse 25, so that there should be what? No division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffer, every part suffers with it. 
If one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you are part of it. Go back and read that later. Let your mind wrap around that, that you play a big part of this. You know, the part in there that really catches my attention, it says, well, when one suffers, they all suffer. Or when one is honored, they're all, all honored. The best example I can think about it is if your toe, pinky toe ever catches the corner of anything. It's, it's horrific. It's bad. Like you, The wall always wins. And your whole body cringes, and it's just, it almost, everything knows you hit that pinky toe. You know, I never think about my pinky toe till I hit it on something. I don't go around every day and say, oh, pinky toe, how you doing? Like, I, don't, I don't think about it. Maybe if I'm clipping my toenails, I might think about it for that long. But I tell you what, if I catch that pinky toe on a corner, when it says, when one part hurts, guess what? I, everything hurts. Remember my mom one time caught it real bad. Oh, I think I broke it. You've been there? I'll tell you what, if your foot's pointing this way and your toe's pointing like this, yeah, bad news, right? Anybody ever done that or smashed your hand or done something at all? Anybody ever, ever had an infected tooth? <laughs> bring, bring a grown man to tears right there. I remember going to the dentist. Sorry, I'm getting all these rabbit trails. I'm going to wrap up soon. Uh, Man, I remember going to the dentist. He goes, well, what's wrong? I said, man, I got a tooth. I can't do nothing. I was taking ibuprofen, Advil, trying to just to get. I said, I'm done. I'm in excruciating pain. Couldn't sleep. My whole face would hurt. Miserable. I never think about my teeth when I'm chewing all this good stuff, eating steak. and all. Hey, that one day, guess what, buddy? I was thinking about it. Drove me to the dentist. I said, I don't care what you got to do. Fix it. So we have to understand that, that when the parts of the body are hurting or are missing, it affects the whole. Every single time. Think about a, a puzzle. If, you, if you're a puzzle person, you know that you know, most of the times we cheat, right? We put the box and we can see what that picture looks like. But I think a lot of times in the body of Christ, we know that the body should reflect what? Christ's image. But I really think that the body of Christ, sometimes it's like not having that puzzle box, and as the pieces get in place, guess what? The image comes into perspective. But you got to have enough pieces in, in place to what? See what you're looking at. But if all of, you know, how many, how many of you know when there's all of the puzzle pieces are in place and there's just one piece left? How many of you know it gets easier? Especially if you got one piece left. It's, pre, it's pretty much a no-brainer, Right? Or you puzzle, challenge people, you're just like, it don't fit. No, just turn it this way, and then it fits perfect, right? You know, I think sometimes that's what happens. They're, they're all of, most of the pieces have been put into place in the body of Christ, and you're right there, and we got a place just for you. We're all in position. You just got to get in your place. You got to do what God has called you to do. Because we're, we're really missing the full image of what God, the masterpiece that God is building unless we're in our place. Some good stuff? So as each of us take our place, I, I identify our walking and our purpose, we become the visible image of God reflecting that body of Christ that God has called us to reflect. 
So when asking the question, because I think we all ask this, what is my specific purpose? What am I built for? What am I called to be? You know, it can usually be discovered when you evaluate what you're good at and what you're passionate about. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? Because I'll tell you what, if you're good at it and you're passionate about it, when you begin to do it, it just fits. It just works. So God has created all mankind to reflect His image and to release His dominion on the earth and in the earth. We are marked with His image and given His authority that we should begin exercising it in the earth. I'm going to close with this statement. So when we understand why we were created, then you can be all that God has called you to be. So if you understand the why, it will allow you to accomplish the what He has called you to do. But you've got to understand why so that you'd know what. you got to stand up with me. We'll get out of here. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.